right <laughs> doesn't get any more punk rock than this I, I guess i don't know i'm not really the the, the this isn't the, like the worst sounding podcast ever. like i've seen some online from like different like sports blogs and they just sound really terrible yeah. like, over skype like only over skype exclusively it sounds really bad it sounds awful. without actual microphones you're just using a terrible. headset mic yeah it's terrible speaking of mics i'm going to use this time to uh vent a little bit at my frustration, my anger, uh, at Qatar Center of Lancaster. I'm s- okay, go the on. Mi- the microphone you are speaking into right now, Mike, uh, Michael, um, was purchased at Qatar Center at, at great pains to myself because I walked in and said, Hi, I need the cheapest microphone available. And the guy said... Well, we have a couple here that are on sale for $175. <laughs> and I said, well, it's for a podcast. And he goes, oh, well, we have another one here for $250. And I said, no, it's a it's a podcast. Like, four people listen to it. Four people What's just the, talking to. Give me the $20 mic. That's what I want. And he was like, all right, well, it's not going to sound good. I'm like, I don't, it's, it's going to sound just fine, pal. Just give me the $20 I mic. I mean, this is like, it's not like a pod, like a. There's podcasts at home that, like, they don't have fancy... Like, it just needs your voice. Like, Yeah, exactly. I can fix a lot of it in post. I just didn't understand. Yeah. Well, I didn't understand why he was so trying to get their pissed off. I was just like, I can't believe it. I can't believe that this guy is only going to... I think to... Melissa... Like, Melissa would probably be a little pissed if you spent $175 for these microphones. Oh, my... Are you kidding me? <laughs> you like... would, you you'd be living on my couch right now. <laughs> It would be pretty bad. Like if I if I just came up to her and was like, "Hey, sweetie, uh, listen." I know I haven't worked in like a yeah. I, I haven't. Eight, I haven't eight, eight I, weeks. I haven't pulled in a real paycheck in eight weeks. But I dropped one hundred and seventy five dollars on a single mic uh, twice. I did that? It's gonna really improve our listenership. Yeah, you yeah, know, really. Our, we'll get maybe one hundred and fifty likes now on Facebook. <laughs> We're gonna break that barrier. <laughs> what we thought would never happen. <laughs> All right, well, hey everybody, welcome to uh, Enter the Critic, a podcast where each week we talk about movies both new and on Netflix. Uh, and this week we have a real treat for you guys because it came out a while ago and we just are now getting around to talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was just last week. Yeah, you know, well, wasn't I mean, it, it already. It, I guess it's still in theaters. So <laughs> it, it was number one again this weekend. All so right. people, the people so still people love are, Tom Cruise. People are buying uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. I'm Chris Klump. With me, for the first time, solo. This is the first time where you are the sole co-host, because everybody else was busy. I will be on every episode of this podcast if you ask me to. So you might, just name I the time. Be, I might be asking you real soon, what with with Matt uh, no longer able to do anything because of marriage, not get it, well, because of planning a wedding, and uh, Parker... Dude, who the hell knows what Parker's doing? <laughs> Parker's always busy, so. Yeah. But yes, uh, so with me for the first time solo, we have... Michael Karstetter. 
That's right. Of exit the critic fame. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. Uh, I thought it was something that joke. I'm slowly catching up on this pod. I'm eventually going to catch up on all the episodes I haven't listened to in like months. Wow. So our, our, I, gotta, our biggest... I haven't heard your your your. your I actually, I'm, I'm going to skip the Fast and Furious one because I know Parker's going to piss me off when I listen to it. Oh yeah, Parker infuriated. Par- Parker, Parker, and Damien infuriated he d- me. They do not appreciate the art of the fa- Fast and Furious. Film franchise, and that pisses me off. No, they certainly and they're they're pissing on Paul Walker's grave by talking trash about that that series. Yeah, some of us have just learned to let that go because there's no winning. So. Nope, he's just there to troll us, make <laughs> us angry. That's right. That's my job online is to do that. <laughs> well, before we get into Mission Impossible, let's get into some news. Um, yeah, Chris was like, "Yeah, let's find some news." I was like. So I, I just literally went on our movies right now, and the only thing really worth note we're talking about is Blade Runner 2 is set to start filming in summer 2016. So that's coming out. I almost kind of forgot it was coming out, but you know what? I'm sure I'm going to be stoked about it. I, I don't know. I'm I had Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner 2, I mean, how much more can they... I don't know, but then I'm again, sure it's, not, it's cool. not like the first Blade Runner was actually based on the book at all. I know you can really go anywhere was. with it. I started reading the Blade Runner novella, and instantly was really confused. And I'm like, "Wait a minute! So they keep animals on roofs, and that's a big deal. I, and this guy's got a fake animal, and that's an even bigger deal. I'm confused." So I guess all they got to do is just some like tech noir crap and go from there. <laughs> like they don't have to really. Is um is Ridley Scott a part of it? Yeah, I think he's directing it. From uh, what I understand okay. that that makes me lose. Ridley With Scott ha- has really lost face for me as a director in the because of Prometheus. Movie. Not just Prometheus, just a lot of stuff that he's done where it's like he needs someone to say no, and nobody says no to him anymore. That is true. That I mean, look what happened to Frank Miller. Yeah, I mean, like someone let that man do direct the spirit and look. look oh yeah, that, that movie was terrible. Um. But yeah, like like Ridley Scott, I don't know. He he needs he needs like like a lot of great directors. He needs somebody lordering over him, saying, "No, you can't, you can't do that." So, <laughs> uh, other news I'm looking. Um, uh, they find uh, this is some some cool things look online. Uh, they released uh, Chris Farley's version of like the Shrek. Like they released some of the storyboards, like what his voice is going to sound like. Oh, when back in like '97, like yeah, Shrek when they, looked when... Di- like before, like even had like. See, like it all anime and stuff like that. Like they had like his voice like right. done for ninety five percent of the film, I believe. Something like that before he died. Yeah, it was... which was, I guess it was, I mean it was unfortunate, but like you know, Mike Myers made that kind of like yeah, he spawned he, that franchise. Yeah, he, he, he took it to a whole also, different direction. I mean, it was probably a little better that they because I the CGI would not have looked like CGI made big jumps each oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Every, and like, like every year that like it looked Shrek better and looks better. Really good, like. Yeah, so Shrek still holds up. It, it, like, it made like kind of like concerned. watching like Toy Story one to Toy Story two to where it is now. It's like amazing. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Toy Story one's that like like a little bit less detailed, and, like less animation. Still good, but like you could tell like how far Techno- they've technology come. It's really really, cool. really progressed pretty quickly. Um, this week we got a uh, we got the Deadpool trailer this week, which. Yeah, I, I want to actually. Oh. Let's jump. Well, let's just jump into that right now. Why yeah, not? Like, let's just get into. I mean, there's that. not that much news to talk to, about, so let's. No, I, I really wanted to get into that. So, if you are or, or if you're at all on Facebook, you or or Twitter on or any social media, you saw that the Deadpool trailer was dropped. All right, Deadpool, a former special forces 
operative turned mercenary is subject to a rogue experiment that leaves him with accelerated healing powers and adopts the alter ego Deadpool. Yeah, that's uh, that's I mean that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, I mean that's that's pretty much all the background you need of because people that's not have, like a probably even a real like studio like official like synopsis anyway because that's just like the premise of like that's like yeah that that's the, the premise comic of the and, comics. So this movie stars. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Let, let's see. Uh, this movie stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, T.J. Miller. I'm trying to think if there's any other names here that are uh, recognizable. G- Gina Carino. Oh, uh, G- yeah, Gina Carino. Ma- Carino. I'm gonna Carino. Bu- butcher name, but Mar- Marina. Uh, Marina. Barca. I I from Firefly. I can't remember. Oh yeah, yeah I can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't pronounce her name. I'm bad at this. So no, I, I, you'll I'm, you'll never no face. Better. Um, I'm no better. Yeah, you'll recognize yourself, Firefly. She was yeah. a companion. Um. So, as a fan of the Deadpool comics and a fan of the Deadpool character, this trailer looks amazing. It, this this looks exactly like what I want in a Deadpool movie. I think it's like even beyond like uh, comic book fans. I think it's like it's it will be a good like mainstream like hit just because it's like it's a unique approach to like a comic book character where who. who a character who, like, on the basis, like, might seem, like, generic just because this is a guy wearing, like, with powers in a suit. And it's, like, so much more than that. Like, the humor is there, and people are going to dig that. Right. We needed another R-rated superhero film. Oh, exactly, exactly. We need it, we need it low budget. It's, I think it's, like, <laughs> only, like, $50 million budget, which is great because then it's going to really yeah. succeed well. Yeah, exactly. This is This is exactly what I wanted in a Deadpool movie. It's lower budget. It's about half the budget of most mainstream films nowadays. I mean, most of his action scenes don't. They're just people fighting each other. Yeah, so it's yeah, not like not, huge. Not they don't need to be huge at all. Um, the only real amount of CGI I saw in the trailer was his mask is animated. Well, yeah, but, um, that, but they had to do that. That's what's so cool, though, is that they can they can add personality to the face, to the and face, and the mask. Yeah, exactly. And it had the humor and um, and just j- just the fact that he can. Yeah. <laughs> Deadpool, for, for for those who don't know, Deadpool in the comics is often breaking the fourth wall. He's often, like, talking to you, the reader, or, like, if he needs to do something that doesn't make any sense, he can literally just tear the comic apart to <laughs> to get to, like, like, another area, or, like, he just is co- constantly breaking the fourth wall. And in this, uh, <laughs> as, as Wade Wilson is being taken back to become Deadpool, he screams out, like, don't make my costume green! Or animated, clearly a uh, hit to the Green Lantern awfulness that happened. I can, and in the pre-teaser thing of him just narrating, they made fun of the Wolverine version of right, Deadpool, yeah, which says from which could confuse people, I guess. But I don't feel like Deadpool is going to be like a shared universe with X Men. I think it's just going to be its own thing. No, I think it's going to be its own thing too. And it's I gonna, mean, well, then again, I mean, Colossus shows up clearly in the trailer. Col- that that is true. Colossus does show that up. That is true. And they they actually did ask the original actor who played Colossus to be able to do it, and he turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's. I guess it's cool that they brought him in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with that because I mean, Deadpool shares a pretty close relationship with the X Men in the comics. Um. So it would be interesting to see other X-Men show up. But, I mean, I guarantee you we're not going to see, like, Wolverine's not showing up. Uh, like, well, Ryan Reynolds really, like, wanted to, like, to get Hugh Jackman on there. Right, but Hugh Jackman stated, I mean, like, un- I think it was more just mind. because of scheduling he couldn't do it. That's why. And it's like, they're already done filming, so it's pretty much too, it's too late down. They're already done right, filming. yeah, they're already done with it. But um, Hugh Jackman had gone to say that he would not do 
any more uh, Wolverine outside of this outside of the uh, uh, like outside of what he's already. Yeah, there's one more Wolverine for. movie coming. Yeah, yeah, he's not in the next X Men movie. No, he isn't at all. No, um, which I mean, I just think it's kind of cool. He's finally just he's like doing just putting stands. It's going to end it now. Yeah, which, he's like I'm done. I'm done with this unless he said unless they tie it into Marvel productions. You know the the Avengers, which world, would never happen, which will never happen. Which um, Fox doesn't really have any reason. Fox isn't, hasn't really fucked up. So I'm going to swear a lot in this episode for reason. You'll understand why then. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Fox really hasn't screwed up X-Men that bad, other than like a few... Um, other than X-Men 3. X-Men 3 and Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Those are the only ones I really have huge problems with. Yeah. Other, uh, the others are either adequate to pretty good. Yeah. like they're, um, they're not, First Class was alright. First Class First Class, good. I enjoy. Um, Days of Future Past, I loved. I really liked that one. Yeah, that was The great. Wolverine, a little shaky at times, but still very, very fun. Yeah, that one fun. I haven't seen. Oh, you haven't? I, after, I hated X-Men 3 so much that I had sworn off all the other films until I heard, started hearing good things about uh, First Class. You should check. I have, I have the extended version of Wolverine, you know, the, the R-rated version. It's not <laughs> that, not that like, extreme, but it's fun to watch. All right. I enjoy it. it out. Um, but yeah, the, Dead, the Deadpool movie looks amazing. Uh, it comes out... Um, February of 2016, so still a bit of ways, but I'm super excited because, like you said, with such a low budget, it's going to be hard for it to tank. It's going to have to be really well, the, bad for the it to hype tank. for it's so good that there are. I posted about yesterday um, that that Fox is already considering replacing the Fantastic Four two release date with Deadpool two. Yeah, they are the hype is already there. That's another. We're going to get into that later. Yeah, then. I mean, well, yeah. Well, let's 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 roll into it now. So, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast was you subjected yourself to the awfulness. I had to. That is Fantastic Four, the reboot. Of God Fantastic bless Ephraim for their cheap, um, their cheap tickets and their availability of beer. That's available. right. Um, <sighs> so, well, let's get the. Uh, Let's get the IMDb up for that. All right, so here we go. Fantastic Four. Four young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe which alters their physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to the four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend turned enemy. Really? That's the exact plot of the first one. It's not like the first one though. <laughs> All right, well, this it's movie, not at all. This movie stars uh, Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara? Kate Mara? Kate Mara. Jamie Bell, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Toby, um, the guy who plays Dr. Doom. I forget, I forget his last name. Uh, I don't even see Doom listed here. He's He should be on there. It's like Toby something. Hey, Tim Heidecker. Toby Kebble. That's what his name is. Toby Kill? Tim Heidecker. Oh yeah, he um I think he paid for a role on the he paid for a role in that movie. What? I saw it on Twitter. The guy who played the Baskin Robbins dude from Ant Man, they had like a competition who could like one up each other in like a, a comic book film. So Tim Heidecker paid like ten thousand dollars to be in a non speaking role in Fantastic Four. <laughs> I just, just love to one that. up him. I'll, I just I'll love find that the idea. Tweet then. It was pretty funny, though. If, uh, if, if for those who don't know, Tim Heidecker from uh, Tim and Eric's. What's the whole title of that show? Just Tim, Eric, Tim and Eric's. 
Um, awesome show. Great job. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, uh, he has a really good film podcast, like a serious podcast he does. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning he, to check it out just because he, he is a, like a smart dude. I mean, yeah, he do, well, I, like he's done some very like very smart. I mean, you have to be that smart to write comedy like that, but then also just, some, we, just some of the his yeah, more you have to be, serious people work. Like, look at that comedy, like oh, it's so dumb. It's like no, it's a g. It's like a try a, writing it sometime. It's it's <laughs> not any like you have to be a genius to write that. Like yeah. you have to be smart. So, Michael, tell us. Tell us about the Fantastic Four. Okay, this is this is gonna be a really hard film review. Um, go, go to town. We got plenty of time. There's so much controversy with this movie that we've been hearing about for pretty much the last year and a half. Ever since yeah. they started yeah. like working with it, the movie is straight up a just made for retaining the rights to Fantastic Four, so they wouldn't revert back to Marvel. Which is what everyone's hoping would happen, right, but like right. Fox keeps churning them out. Um, it's a little bit difficult because the reports are so uh, conflicting with what all went wrong and with the movie. But uh, I will have to like, I'll break down why. But like, Fox is the real bad like culprit in this story. I'm this is like one of those bad, really bad movies where I'm not even mad at the cast or, or the director. I just feel bad. Like, you just feel I, bad for all everybody I'm not, involved. The cast did a fine job, like acting wise. Like some, I mean, the dialogue was bad, but like it wasn't their fault. I don't even think they're like that miscast. Other than the fact that it was just the typical Hollywood. These are 28, 28 year olds playing kids in high school. They're supposed to be kids in high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That that okay. That that answers my first question because in the comics, Reed Richards is like old. This isn't. Ugh. So yeah. it's nothing. So it sounds like for, all right, for, like for, for those who don't know, uh, the director of this film, whose name I can't remember at the moment, Josh Trank. Josh Trank directed Chronicle, which was a pretty good movie. Um, that was probably due to mostly the script by Max Landis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Chronicle was mostly about these teenagers who develop superpowers, essentially. Yes, and like it's a found footage film, and it's it's kind of a, a an idea of like what would really happen. Yeah, like, it's really. Just kids like, coming across powers. Yeah, and stuff. exactly. So, so you would think he'd be perfect for this. Yeah. So that makes more sense as to why they got. So if they're like all supposed to be high schoolers, even yeah. though they look like they're in college <laughs> or older than college. Um, I mean, for the film, like the first act, it has. I mean, the whole movie has issues, but like the first act is definitely more enjoyable than the second half. Which people on every review, like everyone I've read online. They're like, I enjoyed the first the first half, which I can see aspects of it. Okay. I mean, there's still stupid shit. Like, one of the most offensive things in it is is um, the line, it's clobbering time, you know, the thing's line. Yeah, yeah. He, you first hear the line in the movie when um, <laughs> Ben Grimm's brother is beating him. He goes, he says, it's clobbering time, right before he about, he's about to beat him. That's, that's a little... That's a little dumb. Fucked up. And a yeah. little screwed up. He yeah, says not, it again not... in the movie, but it's still like, that's really the origin of this line? That's a little weird. It's <laughs> a little messed up, yeah. That's that's not cool. I mean, the movie opens with, like, child actors, which it's, they're not terrible, I don't think, but, like, it's, the, the child actors, it, that that whole, like, sequence of, like, them as kids really didn't serve a purpose. I guess maybe it just established, like, Ben and uh, Reed's, like, friendship. I guess that, that aspect I understand, but the movie just, like, like pe- characters go missing for a long period of time in this film. So it's oh, like, yeah. I forgot that they were friends. They're such good friends that he goes missing for like 25 minutes. Yeah, you don't want a character to be missing for 25 minutes. I mean, the John, Johnny Storm, uh, like the Human Torch character, he doesn't show up until like 
a quarter way through the movie. Wait, seriously? Yeah, he's gone for the first like twenty five percent of the movie. That's messed up. The movie's very short too. It goes by quick. Oh yeah. He goes which is a relief, I guess, but Ugh. Well, I was reading that like yeah, Fox Fox wanted this movie made as quickly as possible just to retain the rights because they were super pissed about what happened with Daredevil. Because if well, you guys remember Marvel that the like they were trying to get Daredevil like going through. Yeah. Like someone had an idea of like this like kind of like, cool like style with Daredevil and they were trying to get through. Marvel offered to extend Daredevil in exchange for Galactus and Silver Surfer. Right, yeah. And like just yeah. those characters, not Fantastic Four, just those just characters. Just those two characters. Yeah. And Fox turned them down. And thankfully we got the the kick ass Netflix Daredevil series, right. which is and awesome in its own that's right. Why, I think that's why Fox is pissed because they had Daredevil. Everything they're pissed because how embarrassing is it to lose a, a right to a character and then someone takes it over and they make it like critically acclaimed like, and awesome. Critically acclaimed and way better than anything you've ever done with it. Because Fox has had Daredevil and their the characters around Daredevil for years. Um, and the first Daredevil movie, or, well, no, the only Daredevil movie, I keep forgetting that Elektra is not a Daredevil movie. Um, I mean, it, it was part of the character, but yeah, yeah, I guess that wasn't enough to keep their rights any longer. No. Um, but like the, first, the, 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 the Ben Affleck Daredevil film is awful. People say like the director cut's better. It really, I mean, it makes it a little bit better, but it's a polishing a turd. It's yeah. It's, I watched it like right before the new show came out, and it's so it's so like date aged and date. It's very yes. matrixy. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you could tell like really, the matrix came out because of wire foo and like the soundtrack mm-hmm. is like there's new metal in the soundtrack. It's 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 yeah. shitty. The late that because that came out like what ninety two thousand three is Daredevil. Yeah, it still it still has that. That 90s movie sheen of awfulness, because the 90s had a really distinct feel, and not all not all of it was good. I mean, I, I'll um, maintain that the first Spider-Man movie is still fun to watch. It's a little dated, but Daredevil has not aged well. Like I will, right. I do not take anyone seriously who's like, like, yeah, Daredevil's a good movie. Like, no, it isn't. It's, no, it's, 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 like, it's, no, it's a bad the, the film. Are like, not really. That playground fight scene is still in it. That, <laughs> that scene is horse shit. But so, so you have Fox making you know Daredevil and then Elektra to try to keep the rights. Um, and then they lose the rights to Marvel, and I guess they figured, wow, what's the big deal? What what's Marvel well, going to be able to do with it? And then Marvel comes out with the Netflix. Well, TV that, show. that happened this year, so like obviously, like that's an afterthought now to them. They're just like, well, right? They but weren't I mean, doing like, anything with it. The, the idea that 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 Fox, because in, in in Hollywood, from from what I've read, studio execs like take this kind of shit so personally. Well, yeah, because... So the idea that uh, uh, Marvel could then take a property that Fox had for years and couldn't do anything with and then create, like, in my opinion, the best Netflix original show. Yeah, and I agree. One of the better, and I agree. one of the better things in the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe. I, If I could um, rank Daredevil in, like, the... I can't rank it as a movie because it's just too hard, but like it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's one of the best things they've done like, yeah, by yeah, far. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, so then you know, Fox wants to make this Fantastic Four movie simply because the rights are coming up, so they need to make another movie to keep the rights going. So let's um, let's get this young director yeah, we'll get this, we'll who get had this like, minor hit, and th- we'll throw him into this shitstorm. Yep, yep. I will explain this stuff after this review of like, what went wrong this film? Well, go, but, I mean, go ahead now because um, it doesn't sound like what, anyone's going to go in the film. I, I'm just going to spoil this movie because I don't. I don't give. A, you guys shouldn't see this in theaters. <laughs> you should watch it, dude, just because the third act of the film is like the most 
the fucking worst like third act I've ever seen in like an action film, really comic book film. Wow. Like I t- like after I saw this movie, I t- I asked people on Twitter like like name like your the worst like comic book film you can think of, and probably besides like Cat- I haven't seen Catwoman, but I've heard that's really bad. Yeah. I can't think of many like in the last fifteen years that like as bad like wow. Green Lantern. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Wow, that's X Men Three. I'd watch over this. X Men uh, Wolverine Origins. I'd watch over this any day. Spider Man Three. I'd watch because all those movies are a fucking yeah. mess. Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Where would go, you? Go ahead and bring I'm, it. I'm just gonna bring it to the plot. Yeah, I'm gonna sum up the whole plot right now. Just how okay. dumb it is. Okay. Reed Richards at a young age discovers like. Teleporting things to like another world, or he, he doesn't know. He like teleports a car to another world. He uses like a bunch of, and this takes place in 2007 when he's a kid. And he uses like a bunch of N64s, like the Paradise thing. Doesn't make any fucking sense, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, years later, it cuts to him and Ben Grimm at a science fair in high school doing the same experiment for some reason. Yeah, that's fucking Kay. dumb. And, um,. Sue Storm and her her dad um, show up and are like, well, and they show their experiment. They're like, wow, we discovered the same thing you did, but you've been able to bring things back with it. <laughs> and we, we could use you in your team. So Reed Richards joins joins him. Obviously, Ben stays home, but like, but they're such good friends. They're going to stay together. You know, this is at the right. point where Ben Grimm just goes missing for a good portion of the movie. And they're developing this thing to go like intergalactic travel, but they need Victor Von Doom to get back on project because he started this project years ago. So Doom is not the leader of Ludvaria; he's just a scientist. There is Ludvaria somewhere in like the paper, but I'll go into this other issue eventually as well, which goes into trouble. But this, but the movie, the this, the cut I saw on this, very obviously changes to cater more towards the comic. That weren't intentionally in the movie, oh, okay. by far. Um, Doom comes in to help on a project, and then for some reason, Johnny Storm, like uh, their son, like he shows up eventually because he gets in a car accident, and his dad makes a help on the project for some reason. He has no knowledge in science, but he just, just he's on the project there. to help him like weld and stuff. And they get the experiment to work, obviously, but they're like, we, we are, we are. We're gonna show this, like, sell us a NASA and stuff like that. Like, you guys can't go, and they're obviously really pissed. So, what did the characters do? They get drunk. Okay. One night, they're like, Doom has a flask, and they get drunk, and they decide, "Fuck it, we're gonna use the the machine tonight." So, Reed calls up Ben Grimm, and he travels to like the city just to come do this trip with them because he said he wouldn't leave without him. In the middle of the night, no one's like stopping them or anything, Ugh. and all four of them like teleport to the other world and what happens bad shit happens naturally because they're in a new another planet they haven't been on before right right and it looks like the the special effects look awful (laughs) well guess what doom falls like they doom falls and then they all try to get back in the pods and they they're able to transform thanks to the help of uh sue comes in like try and realize that they're gone and they're fucking shit up and gets them back and she gets Affected too, and gets her powers. This is this is the point of the movie when it's no longer Josh Trank's film. Like nothing left of what Josh Trank wanted is probably in the film after this point. Okay. Uh, they have their powers on the table and stuff like that. And Reed essentially escapes, and in the most mind numb, like the dumbest thing, which I almost wish I didn't have the spoil before I saw the movie. It just cuts to a year later. Just a year later. Yeah. 
like after he escapes, they the last line they say is the military guy goes to Ben Grimm as his thing goes, your friend gone, he's never coming back. He's like, how about you help out the government or some shit like that? Ugh. And it just cuts to a year later. Most of the action, I'm not even, I'm not even exaggerating. Most of the action and the fight scenes in the film are just taken from TV footage of him of the thing fighting like tanks and stuff for the government, offhanded on TV. You don't actually see the like most of the footage. It's, it's, it's just all in the background of him like fighting things. <laughs> How cool is that? So you know, like the one aspect of an origin film which is kind of neat is characters learning the powers. How about they don't just get any of that? Cut out all those plots that would be cool. Like yeah, like this that would be a cool plot. Of ben Grimm like finding his purpose, being like, okay, I'm gonna this is my purpose in life, helping the government. Like as right, this, right, as this like power and stuff. Like you don't and like all of them like they get their their suits and stuff. They don't, you don't learn anything about that. They just they have their suits that are developed for them. Meanwhile, Reed Richards is in Latin America some re- for some reason, developing his own pod. In like the worst subplot of the movie, which goes nowhere, is the fact that. He's just in Latin America, I guess, trying to get Doom back. They don't really explain, but he has his own pod ready, not realizing that the team is still doing the same thing. So it's pretty pointless. Oh, and after a year, Sue finally decides to help him to, like, find him. Like, after a year, like, she finally decides to help him, like, find okay. him and whatnot. And to find Doom? No, uh, to find Reed Richards in. That, oh, that's who oh, they're looking oh, for. Okay. Sorry. Should have clarified that. So, like... They captured him, obviously. So it was for no reason. It's just the fact that he just escaped and they captured him. <laughs> and the movie doesn't have a middle at all. I'm not exaggerating. Like, there's a beginning and then there's the, the third act the starts. End. There's no middle at all. Because <laughs> pretty much after they capture him, like, there's some harsh feelings towards him and Ben and whatnot because they have a little fight. There's a minor fight scene in, like, the forest. So you get to see some powers and stuff like that. And they, the team, like, Get to, they get a new group of guys that go back to travel to the planet, and actually they find uh, Victor Von Doom there. Obviously, he's changed and has metal on him, and they bring him back, and literally they put him in a room for like maybe a minute or two, and then he just escapes and starts blowing people's heads off. And in a short sequence, that's pretty cool. Even though Doom's powers in this movie are just piece of guy, he just does whatever. Like they don't really, he just makes people's heads explode and stuff like that. Like he can <laughs> teleport and stuff like like he can. He has telekinesis, can make people's heads explode. It's kind of gruesome, which is kind of... It was a neat scene that's only like 30 seconds long, but he just goes through exploding people's heads in his hallway. That doesn't... Okay. But he looks dumb as shit, because he looks doesn't look like doing all. He just looks dumb as hell. Right. And he takes... He's going to take the teleport back to his home world, and in doing... Because he wants to go back. That's his home now, because he lived there for a year, and he's like... Oh, okay. Create all these things. And in that process, he doesn't care if Earth's going to be destroyed. So, in that process of going back, he creates a wormhole. Which this is the, I guess the plot. This is the plot they added on is that oh, there's an Earth threat to this. So, him going back creates this wormhole, and things start being sucked up, like cars somewhere just start being sucked up in this like one crater. So naturally, all the Fantastic Four, Sue gets around like um, Reed and uh, the Thing, and try like she can fly with her powers. And then Johnny Storm's, like, flying up into this portal to the Netherworld. And then they have what proceeds to be the worst fight scene, that, scene I've ever seen in, like, a climax of a comic book film. Where they take on Doom. It's it's so fucking stupid. That's, it's oh not gosh, exciting. Oh, sounds terrible. <laughs> and then they defeat him, naturally. And they go back and 
you know, they save the world, and the government's like, hey, the president thanks you and whatnot, and they're like, we want our own center. And they have their own area they give them, and then there's their two-minute dialogue of them figuring out what their name's going to be, and it's so fucking cringeworthy. Let me see if I can find it real quick, and I will read it verbatim to the best of my abilities. Because it is, it is something... Like someone who, like they gave twenty minutes to write this scene, like an amateur to write this scene, and that's what the best they can think of. Please, like the top comment on the art movies is this this dialogue. I need to find it. All right, here's here's the the dialogue from IMDb. At the very end, when they see the, their new base, they decide they they need a group name. Reed. I think that four of us need a name. Sue. Why would we need a name? Reed. Because we're a team now, and there's four of us. So we should come up with a name for it. Johnny. Like the human torch and torchettes? Ben. How about the big brain and the, and his neurons? Sue. How about the big brain and her neurons? Johnny. How about two guys, a girl, and the thing that nobody wanted? To Read to Ben looking at their new base. We've come a long way since the garage. Ben. Gotta say, it's fantastic. Read. Say that again? Oh, ben. No. <laughs> it's fantastic. Read. Yes. Yes, it is, guys. I got it. Ready? And the title card for the movie pops up. Fantastic Four. Oh, that is the worst. I could write better dialogue yeah, than that Yeah, that was crap. the ending of the movie. And that was just me. Just like, I was watching it by myself. I was just like, oh, this no. the whole time. Just ugh. This movie just... And the reports came out just recently with it. Like, just yesterday is that Fox made Josh cut out three major action scenes in a film right before they start filming. Right. There were reports that Josh was like high on set or drunk and just hard to work with. And it may be true because just his personality seems like it as well. I don't blame Josh for this to go because I feel like they took a like inexperienced director and put him in a shitty situation of budget cuts. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he really had full control of was the cast, which... I credit the cast did all right. Like he really wanted that cast, so that's the only thing he had full control of. Everything else in the movie, like I feel like half his vision, like the movie Josh was going to make, wasn't going to be exactly like it wouldn't have been like I say a good like Fantastic Four film or adaptation. But I feel like it would have been a better movie because a lot of the changes, like Victor Von Doom, wasn't gonna he was gonna have a different name. He was also gonna be a blogger, or a hacker of some sort, and clearly that was in the film, but they don't go into it further just because how they introduce right, his character yeah, at first yeah, they change everything around there was things in this film that they had differently and they did reshoots as soon as like as early as January this year and the reshoots are painfully obvious in this film because Sue has a blonde wig on and it sticks out like a sore thumb <laughs> like I the, saw pictures of that it looks awful it looks it sticks out like a sore thumb like you know like because her hair like it's not that blonde and then all of a sudden in certain scenes it's like Completely it's blonde. Really like, blonde, yeah. I'm a, I've ugh. seen comparison fit- pictures. Yeah, there's a video of like different contrasts about it. And yeah. I feel bad for, I do feel bad for Josh because I feel like Fox really screwed him over. And I think he might have just like, he could not handle stress. Like it was yeah, very it stressful. Like it, was just, it was just a whole he lot of. He voiced his displeasure of this movie on Thursday night on Twitter around 9 or 10 and said, I had a fantastic cut of this film a year ago. But none of you that would have got good reviews, and none of you will ever see it. <laughs> That's and it's be clear. So frustrating. I fully believe the reports are that like they just cut him out of the like the third act of the film was he had nothing involved with it because right. I feel like the studio just cut him out, and they had I guess the the writer Simon Kinberg or someone came on set 
and finish and the film with what they could it. do. Because yeah. that third act is it just happens like it goes it comes out of nowhere and happens. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> I feel bad for Josh. That's this yeah. film is shit. I'm 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 fully gonna I mean I'm gonna see it, but I'm gonna wait until wait till DVD. Like, you have I guarantee to it'll it. be on Netflix or you have somewhere. To, you, you honestly have so. to see it just once just to just to just to really. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Josh is able to film enough footage, or like I would like to see what he had in mind for the film. It would have been a very loose adaptation of the Fantastic Four, but the way, like, the way it sounds like the 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 studio being pissed at him, I don't think they'll ever give him a chance to make a director's cut. No, I don't think he, they ever got. I honestly like, especially with the action scenes, like three major action scenes cut from a movie before, like before you even get to shoot them. Like things that make comic films interesting is action sequences, and there's only like really one or two like action sequences in this film and they're gone like I feel like easily like they cut out 30 or 40 minutes of like this film like, of his footage out of this film like particularly I think that's that year jump was just added just because yeah, they cut out yeah. like a subplot yeah, of some sort also like the one thing from the first trailer is like the thing coming out of a plane and jumping on a tank like coming from the plane that's nowhere in the movie at yeah. all <laughs> there's a lot that's of footage in not in the first trailer at all like just missing right I it's it's mind-boggling how bad Fox fucked this up, and I just, I think the actor's gonna recover. I Josh is gonna just have to. He's got to do more indie stuff before yeah, he can get back to, in there. He's gonna have to redeem himself I mean, he got kicked off circuit. Star Wars because uh, that sounded Jeff, all politics, right? Yeah, there. that was. Just, I I hope I don't know if he has a problem with alcohol or drugs. I hope he gets, he he resolves his issues. But like, I hope he's like able to like recover from this because it Fox. Did not do many favors. Right. No. This just sound like should it. not have been made. Like, ugh. I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our feature presentation. We saw Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Pause for effect. No, I'll 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 read it here. Ethan and team take on their most impossible mission yet: eradicating the Syndicate. An international rogue organization as highly skilled as they are, committed to destroying the IMF. All right, this movie stars Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rhames, Sean Harris, uh, and Alec Baldwin. So, Michael, what did you think? Of Mission Impossible, another excellent film in the Mission Impossible series. Just, just like the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise, this series just gets better as it goes along. Ever since the third Mission Impossible like film, like they've just been so solid. Yeah, Mission. I've 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 gone on record at stating before that the the first Mission Impossible has not aged well. I watched it after like last week, and it hasn't aged well. I say, but it is still fun. It's a good movie, but I it will is, say it is it's better. Than, it's it's better than the like the Pierce Brosnan uh, Bond films. Oh yeah, those are terrible. Even Goldeneye, which is considered like his best one, I think Mission Impossible is better than Goldeneye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The first Mission Impossible has not aged well. The second one, yeah, the second one's still not very good. Still not very good. I think it was I don't know John John Woo wasn't like really. I mean, he's not really the best choice for like the spy no. thriller no, per se. Not at all. Um, so I mean, I didn't think it would get any better than. Uh, Ghost Protocol. I didn't think they were going to get any any better than that because it was like, all right, you got Brad Bird at the helm and he knows what he's doing and clearly has an eye for action because that movie has some great action sequences. 
Um, and then this movie started. You know, I'm sitting in the theater, I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, okay, I you know, I'm, I'm I got a lot of reservations. Now I saw it in IMAX, which was the way to go for that IMAX sound. It just blew me out of the seat. And it's not in three D. Um, always a plus for IMAX. Always a plus when you don't have to see it in 3D because fuck IMAX 3D. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. This movie, although it seems like every Mission Impossible has the same plot, essentially, which is the IMF is getting shut down and Ethan and team have to go rogue and, and save them. Like, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, oh, so they're shutting the IMF down again <laughs> isn't this the third that is true third every of, single film they... isn't this is like the fourth or fifth time they've done this subplot of the like the u.s government questions whether they need the imf well the idea is that they have to like restrict them in some way so they don't have access right, to everything right and then make it, it make it more fun and hard because once again this is the exact same thing as mission impossible ghost protocol where they're like they're off the grid and they're doing their own thing and they don't have uh, intel from from the U.S. government. They're they're doing this all rogue. But that aside, I didn't think about that until the as I was leaving the theater. Yeah. I didn't think about that until on the drive home, and I'm talking about it with Melissa, and I go, "Wait a minute! Didn't we already watch this movie?" But it was done in such a great way that you don't notice it or even care. Um, like the action sequences are great. This movie is a great example of. What, like, how I want trailers done from yes. here on out. All of the action that you see in the trailer happens in the first 15 minutes. Well, not, not, I wouldn't say that, but like, you don't get the best. I don't feel like they, the trailers, or any of these tra- trailers spoil this movie for me because they don't really detail the plot. And like, the best parts of the action scenes, they don't like show, they don't show any of the underwater well, I mean. all, like all the action sequences the, the, you see yeah, the, the, in the, the one trailer thing, happened they really advertised this plane sequence in the marketing heavily, heavily and it's in the first five minutes yeah that's the opener it's that's not even like a huge card. sequence it's more just cool because Tom Cruise they literally strapped their main actor to a plane and flew it off like to the point Tom he couldn't sleep that night because he was so like nervous about filming this yeah well once Which again I, i'm surprised i would never agree to that because it's i saw the footage of them actually take them up it's it's scary so tom, Cru- tom cruise is fucking crazy once again this movie showcases tom cruise's ability to just go hey, i don't need a stunt double i'm just gonna do this people talk shit on tom cruise but man no no yeah he is not like Every- he has not had that like he's been so like his films that come out have been pretty solid. Yeah, every well, I mean, and every like like Ghost Protocol, he had that crazy scene on the side of that building in Dubai, and then yep. this this movie has that scene of him flying up in that that plane, and I'm like, oh my god, this dude is insane. This dude is like like he's he's doing stuff in movies that he shouldn't be doing as a main actor. He should be getting somebody either to like. Sit in on him, and then like they just CGI his face on him, or something like that. Like they shouldn't just be shooting him doing this, and yet they do, and it's great. Um, yeah, I thought the the plot wasn't very like it, 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 the the plot didn't get too confusing, which you always run into that problem with spy thrillers. Is you always run into the idea that like, no, it's pretty like you know who, who's who's turning against who, and um, 
I thought the like they had a few good laughs with Ving Rhames' character. Ving Rhames was be- Ving, that was Ving my, Rhames was great. That in was this. my complaint about number four. Not enough. Ving not Rames. enough Ving Rhames. Well, they got just the right amount of just Ving the Rames right. In this you, one. you don't need him heavily. You just need the right amount. Yeah, I think I think he's in this movie for like well, I don't know thirty minutes. Tops. Yeah, like thirty minutes. Like he, he does have his moments. Yep, like he's not. Yep. He serves his purpose. Um. I absolutely loved uh, Alec Baldwin in this. Alec Baldwin, it's, it's great good to see Alec humor. Baldwin back into acting. Great on dry humor in this film, um, like, and that's what he should be doing. Like ever since he started working on Thirty Rock, I, I was like, "This is what he needs to bring to movies again." Like, hang up the idea that you're going to be an A-lister like you were back in the yes. day, because it's not that shit ain't happening anymore. Um, Take the backseat role and just be the dry humor, like the quote humorless guy, and that's what brings the funny. Um, and like that's what he did in this movie, and it was perfect. Yes, like uh, he's exactly what I wanted to see Alec Baldwin do. Um, good, and also to see Jeremy Renner not in a action role per se, since I know that he, he always he's always talking about he's always doing interviews about how he's tired of doing action films. Specifically, like, physically tired of doing action Yeah. Films. And then I see him in stuff like American Hustle, where he does an amazing job in a non-action role. And I'm like, they need to give him more movies like that. Like, in this one, he doesn't have to be in that. He's not really in any action sequences. No, he's not at all. He's just like a... talking a, head, yeah, essentially. He's, just, he's basically the head he does, of He's not IMF. useless, but he does, like, he's doesn't have to do, like, the action sequences, no, which is, no, like, perfect like, for him. I don't think he throws a punch in the movie. No, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't have to. And then, of course, Tom Cruise doing, like, eventually Tom Cruise's body is going to stop him from doing the stuff t- like the, this. the tallest short guy in Hollywood. Because um, when you go back and rewatch the first Mission Impossible, first off, he looks like a child. Yes. He looks like a kid <laughs> compared to what he and looks like now. And the action sequences in that are very base. Although, well, except for the end, like, they're pretty, like, Scaled down compared to what they've done. Oh in, like, yeah, I think uh, the, in, later in the first ones. Mission Impossible, the biggest action the sequence helicopter. was the helicopter yeah. scene, um, and the train scene where like John Voight is. Yeah, the train, like, the helicopter, yeah. and then like obviously the famous him hanging down. Like, yeah, yeah, but that that's it. And then you then you flash to this movie where he's being strapped to a plane, taking off, and. This the like, crazy car chase, like the bite that motorcycle chase was. Oh, that car crazy. chase was great, and then it just after the car chase, it becomes a motorcycle chase, and it's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that scene with him, like he does that that scene underwater. Which, the underwater scene that would have been a nightmare to film. He learned how apparently he learned how to hold his breath for six minutes for that scene. What six minutes? Yeah, that can't be right. He, you can't hold your breath for six. Apparently, minutes. I've heard that he learned how to. No, you, you can. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Like, he learned how to hold his breath for, like, six minutes in preparation for that scene. Holy crap! <laughs> Wait, what? The stunt required him to defy the normal bounds of the human body for six and a half minutes? Yep. I, what, you thought I was lying? I No, I didn't think you were lying, but I thought it was horseshit. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Oh, my God. So he held his breath for six it and a half minutes. It makes sense because they probably built an actual set. And, like, it wasn't as easy to, like, they, they weren't just, like, they can't just go ahead and dip their head up above water. Yeah, that's like, true. But, I mean, like, holy crap. I mean, I know I know. Um, Sandra Bullock had to learn to hold her breath for a long-ass time when she was doing Gravity. I would struggle doing was, a minute. Like, uh, I couldn't, dude, I couldn't do, like, 
30 like 30 seconds and I'd be like yeah nope we're done we're not we're done I need a, I need a, I need a breath of fresh air so so I think that's Tom Cruise's most insane stunt right there is holding his breath for six that's and a an half impressive minutes. skill to learn just for a movie like. just for a movie that's insane it was a, it was a hell of a sequence too yeah um but yeah I, I mean at, at the end of the day I thought this was as good if not better than Ghost Protocol um I thought the the parts with Simon Pegg. We didn't even talk about Simon Pegg. He there was, was so a lot of characters you got talking about in this. Um, particularly the female they added, the female character they added in this. Who oh, was excellent! Yeah. yeah, she did a great job. I had not seen her. Uh, she's in, she's gonna be one to look out for. Um, Rebecca, Re- Rebecca Ferguson is her yeah, name. What, what else was she in? I'm looking up her IMDb now. She was in Hercules. The the one with Dwayne Johnson oh, last the year. One, the one you liked so much. Oh, uh, yeah. what, what did you call it? Just Dwayne Johnson takes his shirt off the movie? Yep. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, she hasn't been in much, but she's going to be like... She did a great there's job. There's going to be roles coming for her. Her, her. her fight scenes in this movie were It insane. was actually nice to have like like a strong like female character in the film who wasn't who didn't really need help. Like she was stood her own most of the time. Yeah, most of the time she, she wasn't well, I mean, pointless. She saved, she saved Ethan's ass every once in yeah. a while. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It, it it's always refreshing to see a female character who isn't worthless or a damsel in distress, or given like the token, like all right, you're a tough chick, but you still can't do anything in the movie. Yeah, she wasn't. Um, yeah, she wasn't a love interest. Yeah, she was no, her there own. was there was she never, had her own agenda to take care of. Yeah, there, there was never. I didn't even think about that. There was no love interest at all, which no. was nice. I mean, Tom Cruise kind of gave up love because his um, from ever since the third or fourth film, I guess, like his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, they, his, they showed, and then the fourth one that like they had to fake her death essentially to right, I, I so she could live that. a normal life again, and he had to let her go. Yeah, it's, yeah so it's kind of tragic in that way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Her her character was great, um, and. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. For me, this film is like it's so hard to rank like from the three, four, and five because the third one has my favorite villain of the series, which is um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. From that is absolutely amazing and the best villain in the series. Right. But like this one has is it's probably like the most like solid the whole way through, just because this one has a much better villain than the fourth one. Yeah, Sean, the Sean one, Harris, the villain. Sean the Harris villain, is yeah, great in the this. The villain in this one, whose name is Sol. Solomon Lane, he's like this ex-agent uh, from Britain who they they try to start their own version of the IMF and like he goes rogue and like starts the syndicate. Um, he just really, really comes off as this just controlled insanity almost of just like he's creepy. He is he's incredibly creepy because he's very under the control of his emotions. Where like you consider there, there's one scene in particular where um, uh, uh, Elsa uh, uh, Faust like disappoints him, says something that really like pisses him off, and all you see is him kind of clench his do- jaw shut a little bit, and you see like an eye tick, <laughs> and then you're like, oh shit! But that is way scarier than if he would have just like. Flown off the handle and started throwing shit and like just that look of like oh just he's that look pissed. of like I could strangle you right now and I really really want to kill you <laughs> but I'm not going to but I really want to <laughs> uh, yes he does a great job and of course the comedy of Simon Pegg 
Simon Pegg um, has been a great addition to this series. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know, like, how... If I was... Because he's basically playing the same type of character that Emilio Estevez played in the first movie, <laughs> except Emilio Estevez dies in the first ten minutes. Yep. And then, like, I just imagine how pissed off he is, like... Ah, crap, that could have been me, <laughs> even though it couldn't have Emilio been. Emilio Estevez says about every role that, that, oh, yeah, yeah. that he's not been given in, in the last 15 years. Yeah, exactly. The dude, dude's not working much right now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, this movie's great. I'm excited that uh, it's... They've already announced There's gonna be a another one. one. We won't have to wait as long for it either, I imagine. Yeah, I don't think we will either. There's a long wait between the third and... Um, oh, a long and wait between... the fourth one. Fourth, yeah, between the third Because the third one came out in, protocol. what, 05 or... I believe 05 it came out. Or 06, 06 it came out. Yeah, I think so. And it didn't come out to 2011. Now this one came out. took four years, so no. I think no. we'll probably have like a three-year wait or something like that. Probably is, two or three years, yeah. Um, Clearly, it's a hit. It's number one again at the box office. People still love Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he hasn't had a. There was a article. He really hasn't had a flop. Like his most of his career, he's never had a, like a huge flop or anything. No, no, not really. No. All the films most have of, even been like successful. most of his films have been either box office gold or just like that yeah, did all right. fine. Yeah. Um. Even like some of the so-so ones, like Oblivion, still do fine. Yeah, Oblivion did all right. Yeah, Oblivion's so. a fine film. All right. Well, uh, why don't we? Uh, I'm going to put a rating on this sucker here. Uh, I'm going to give ooh, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it 2 out of 2 improvised sniper rifles <laughs> made out of various uh musical instruments. I'm going to give it 6 out of the 6 and a half minutes that Tom Cruise had to hold his breath oh, nice. in preparation for this film. Nice. All right, well that about uh that about wraps it up here for us on End of the Critic. Uh, next week's movie, we're gonna we're gonna hit you guys with two box office films in a row because it'll just be easier. And I'm not exactly sure who all is gonna be joining me. It might just probably be me. me. Uh, probably me. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I gotta gotta get a hold of Matt. Or well, I know Matt's not gonna be uh, part of it for a while. We're not gonna see Matt again till uh, at least ever. At least October. I'm, I probably won't see Matt again till his wedding. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. We're not going to see until after his wedding. So, uh, but the next movie we're going to do is The Man from Uncle, which uh, I, I wasn't too excited for until I saw the trailer. Now I'm stoked. <laughs> Can't wait for this shit. Uh. <laughs> Looks really good. So, uh, look forward to that next week. Um, so until next time, I'm Chris Klump. And I'm Michael, your new host, I guess. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Until you get sick of doing it, too. <laughs> just like everybody else. And then you'll just be some sad fuck doing a podcast by himself. That's right, just me asking my cats what they think. Because <laughs> your wife left you at this point. <laughs> That's right, the sad chronicle. Wait, the cats wouldn't even be there, then. Yeah, what well, am I talking about? It'll be, it'll be like... Uh, It'll be like uh, stuffed versions of the cats. You'll just be some asshole asking to use my basement to record your podcast still by yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>